0: You're listening to The Upland Rookie, a podcast presented by Upland Brits. Welcome to Episode 8 of The Upland Rookie Podcast. I'm your host, Will Larson. And as always, this is presented by Upland Brits. And just a reminder, stay tuned to the end of this episode for more details surrounding the bonus entries for the Upland Rookie Podcast Giveaway with Dakota 283. But please stay tuned. I think you are really going to enjoy this conversation today. If you want to get everything your dog's got, and you need nutrition that holds nothing back. To help unleash your dog's maximum potential, check out the new Yukonuba Premium Performance lineup at EukanubaSportingDog.com. Hey, what's going on, rookies? How are you doing today? Thank you for joining me on today's episode. Well, we are going to switch things up a bit. Yes, a little switch a uh, never hurt anyone. So we're actually not going to do a listener question today, but more so I'm going to pose the idea or the thought of uh, getting us kind of thinking, what are we doing each week? I could go each day, but let's just start with a week because this release is on a weekly basis. So getting us an idea in the headspace of what's one thing or two things that you did to get your dog or dogs ready for hunting season. I think it's a really crucial time. Uh, September 1st is only 90 some days away. Um, I looked at it a couple days ago, and that kind of surprised me. It's actually a lot sooner than I thought, so it's about three months away. Um, It's going to creep up on us. Uh, We're going to have summer vacations coming up. Uh, Things are going to get busy. You're going to be going to the lake, fishing, hiking, camping with your kids, Um, whatever it might be. Uh, Hunting season is going to be here before we know it, and August, the end of August, is going to roll around. Kids are going to start school, at least here in Colorado, they start early August, but it's going to hit us, and we're all going to have that oh crap moment. (laughs) Is you know i had all these ideas or plans for my dog that i wanted to work with them on or maybe steady them up or maybe work on a uh, trained retrieve or whatever it might be and um, we have all these ideas that are going to slip by us i think really really quickly and i wanted to take a minute and and kind of remind you of that september 1st 90 so days away as of as of now um so, so get out there, put it on the schedule, put it in your calendar, your family calendar, talk with your spouse on, Hey, this, this day and this day, I'm going to you know, work with the dogs here for a couple minutes or take them out on, get them on some birds. Um, it can be even daily stuff, um, in the morning before you go to work, work on, I know, uh, Cade Springsteen, um, he is committed. I think he's, I think he's followed through on it. I'll have to check in with him, uh, He was on episode three, I believe. Uh, Cade's just doing like bumper training and and, uh, getting his dog uh, uh, more solid on retrieving. So every day before work and after work, he's uh, tossing bumpers for his dog. It's just repetitive again and again um, just to help get his dog a little bit further down the road where he wants him again he has his own personal goals for his dog Um, but what are your goals for your dog this summer maybe you have a puppy Um, maybe you got a puppy a couple months ago and let's say you really want to get them out in the field and hunt them this coming season well that might start with some very low pressure bird intro or um getting them used to some gun introduction um whatever that might be that that, those are going to be some important steps for you um, if you want to take your pup out in the field this uh november december whatever uh, time or uh, time of year you're gonna hunt so get out there (laughs) get your dogs worked um condition them oh gosh don't get me started on conditioning um the last thing I want to do is is head into the beginning of hunting season. You're all amped up and excited and your dog's huffing and puffing and, and can't make it four or five miles without, you know, hacking up a lung. Um, get your dogs conditioned. Um, so I, sorry, this may, this may sound harsh. This is not meant to be harsh. This is meant to be, uh, Hey guys, wake up. We got 90 days till hunting season starts. Um, let's work on our dogs let's let's do those things we, we always said we were going to do personally here's kind of what i'm doing right now first off gunner is still at training gosh i'm starting to miss that little dog <laughs> he is uh been away by a month and a half he's got about uh three or four Maybe two or three weeks left before I get him back. Um, so I'm excited. That's a whole new beast though. I need to kind of see what this trainer has done with him. And then I'll just build upon that. So that's kind of a, a big question mark for me right now. Um, Gage though, um, him, I really want to get him steadied up more. Um, really, my, my uh, I really want to get, I guess, shooting for the stars would be wing shot and fall. I think I'll aim to that standard, getting him steadied up, but then in reality, I think I just wanna get him steady to shot. Um, Just for the style of hunting I do, if I'm hunting with other people, for safety reasons, all that kind of stuff. And also I wanna move towards some trials and senior hunter, uh, AKC tests, things like that. Those are just my personal goals where I wanna get gauged to. So those are the things I'm doing. So I went out on Saturday morning with my three kids, um, a baby in the baby carrier, and worked um, some dogs with uh, my buddy Jake my mentor Jeff, and uh, we worked some of Jeff's dogs. We worked Jake's uh, dog. Again, these are all Britneys, actually, so it's kind of fun to (laughs) see all these different Britneys working. Um but uh that was my small step this weekend um to get Gage one get him worked get him on birds It's always good to get them prepared. Um the other thing um I actually did yesterday afternoon this is over the weekend was um really going back to the groundwork with Gage. So getting him steady if that's my goal um I was talking with Jeff and really need to to go back to the kind of the basics with him because he's a rock star uh, you know, on point finding birds retrieving's okay. So like all around he's, he's the dog I want and need, but if I want to get him steady, um, it's talking to Jeff is I really need to co- go back to, um, uh, woe means woe period that that's it. There's no but, or, and, um, it's woe means woe. And I think Gage has slipped a little bit on that. Um, I know that's, that's definitely my fault. And so that's what I'll be working with, um, Gage on the next several, uh, months, well, three months until September 1st. Um, so yesterday afternoon, I put, um, a, a belly collar on him, uh, put his regular e-collar on, uh, took him in the backyard and just worked on, whoa, that's it. And he would, I'd have him woed up for, a minute before I'd release him, then we went to two minutes, three minutes. Um, and then once he was good on that and it wasn't budging, then I was adding some distractions. Um, I'll keep doing that for a little while, I think. And then I'll start um, throwing pigeons. Um, I think that'll be a really tempting piece for a dog. Um, when they're in the backyard and you woe them up, you know, it, it I think can be pretty, maybe pretty easy for them to, to stay woed. Um so my, my next thing is, as we build upon it, again, it's not a race, we're going to take our time, um, but the next thing will be adding distractions, getting him try to make a mistake. Um, he made one mistake yesterday, got a late correction, um, and, and I think is, is going to, pick up to this really well. Um, so I'll be going out with, with Jeff as well over the summer and he's going to be showing me some more tricks um, and just really hands-on stuff of like, hey, how do you do this right? How do you how do you get your dog uh, totally broke like this? Because again, that's my personal goal. Your goal might be different. Um, so whatever it might be, um, here's the deal. Uh, shoot me a message. Uh, right in and say, hey, here's kind of what my goal is this summer. Um, here's where I want to get my, my older dog, my puppy, uh, whatever it might be for you. Um, I would love to hear where you're at where your goals are for your dogs this year Um, because again hunting season is coming up Uh, and then if you're in a trial game or or anything like that um, I think there are some in the fall but mainly in the spring so maybe your goal is is AKC uh, senior level or, or master level hunter test um you know, it might not be the hunting goal as your uh, end goal. So really think about that. Like, where do you want to take your dog in the future? Um, Do you just want a really good hunting dog? Do you want a a high level um, trial uh, AKC hunt test dog? Like, what is it that you want? And make steps, make a plan, write it down. Gosh, write it down. (laughs) Put it on a wall, at your desk, or in your bathroom, wherever you're gonna see it every day. Make a goal, make a plan, to help get you there to your goal. Well, we are gonna jump in uh, to our episode, but first, I know all of you are wondering about the Dakota 283 giveaway. I am so excited, Um, just the response that uh, the first couple days um, have shown me in uh, social media. So there are so many people, I haven't counted up everyone yet, um, that are entered in the giveaway. Uh, You are entered um, at the basic level, you have one entry in the giveaway um, on the the Upland Rookie um, podcast giveaway. Thanks to Dakota283, could not do this without them. So, at the end of this episode, I'm gonna share um, some more details on how you can get bonus entries into this giveaway, up to 12 bonus entries. So, your hat essentially could go in that, um, or you, sorry, your hat, your name can go in the drawing up to 13 times. So, one time for your standard entry, uh, which is on Instagram, uh, go to the Upland Rookie Podcast. Uh, page and then uh, find the posts. You'll see what the post is. It's for the giveaway. Um, that's how you enter, get one entry, but then your name could go in the hat 12 more times, um, through these bonus entries. So I have three different ways you can enter, uh, some fun ideas. Hopefully you take part in, hopefully you, um, find enjoyable. I think they're going to be really fun. But um, without further ado, this episode is with Will Jenkins of Try Upland. Um, one of my personal favorite conversations I've had uh, to date. i um, really, really excited that I got to uh, sit down with Will, uh, pick his brain and really talk and unpack what is Try Upland. Uh, so check it out. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I I gotta take some time to build out my closet office here. So yeah. Yeah. It works great for sound dampening and all that. So yeah. I mean it's got some it's got some pros, but (laughs) yeah, yeah. Well, Will, uh thanks so much for jumping on here. Uh put us put us on the map real quick. Where are you talking to us from? I am in Hudson, Wisconsin. So it's Wisconsin.
1: Yeah, so kind of the westernmost piece of Wisconsin. It's essentially part of the Twin Cities Metro. Gotcha. Um, so I'm, I'm right I outside. Up, of... I grew up
0: in Chicago, so Midwest, oh, yeah. Midwest-ish. So we we spent some time yep. up in uh, Lake Geneva and mm-hmm. uh, some of those areas growing up.
1: Nice. So yeah. Really cool. Yeah. Really
0: cool. Really cool part of the country.
1: Yep. It's a nice little river town. We're right on the St. Croix River that is the state line between Minnesota and Wisconsin. So oh, that's nice. kind of nice. So we're right by the water, which is,
0: which is fun. That's so. awesome, man. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, just give us a quick overview, and I'm sure we'll jump into a ton more uh, coming up here.
1: Yeah. So I, uh, I've, I started a hunting website back in 2011 called the to I still run that. Um, but that's what was kind of like my birth into some sort of hunting market as a thing to do other than just doing hunting and fishing. <laughs> um, so I started writing, um, and it got kind of, kind of popular. Never like mainstream popular, but popular enough. Um, started doing some marketing work for different companies, product photography. Uh, all, you know, building websites. Like I, I couldn't afford to pay somebody to build my website, so I had to figure out how to build websites. You're like I better do um, it
0: myself if I want. Yeah, yeah.
1: So then, uh, some companies basically saw that and hired me to build some simple pages and stuff here and there. Um, and that's grown a little bit to be, you know, like large e-commerce sites and things like that, that I've had the opportunity to build, um, got involved with some, uh, film and photo production, both on my own as part of a a production company. So I've done that a little bit and I've also maintained a a sort of parallel career in the healthcare industry Mm -hmm. as well. So I've always worked, um, in some capacity, outside of hunting but you know at at points hunting in the outdoors was my full-time job for for the most part it's been kind of a side gig that i've that i've done Mm -hmm. um largely as a way to afford hunting and fishing (laughs) you know because it it gets pricey and it's easier to make money doing it than to spend a bunch of money so um and that by no means is like i've gotten rich i've not I'm, I'm not, I have not broken even yet. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) You know, so it's like, I'm not making the big bucks. I'm just surviving. So Um, so
0: you, so real quick, when you started out, were you, did you already have another job and then you slowly worked into the hunting on the side or were you full on hunting first starting it? No, I, I, so I've always, like I said, I've, I've worked full time, a
1: different job, except for about 14 months of the last 10 years. Okay. <laughs> and that 14 months I quit and I worked for, um, BHA. So I was the oh, yeah. Great Lakes outreach coordinator, Nice. um, for BHA, the position that Jason Mikoff has now, he replaced me when I left. Um, and then I also worked for Donnie Vincent's production company for that time, I'd subcontracted to Sigmanta for probably five or six years before that. Okay. um, And then went, you know, so I basically had two, three quarter time jobs for that, for that span. um, And then eventually had to go back and get a real job again. So (laughs) I I went back into the healthcare industry, but aside from that time, I've always held, you know, a pretty significant side gig
0: in hunting yeah, or fishing awesome. in some respect. So. so just, just cause I'm curious. So just give me an overview. What was the, the BHA coordinator position? Like what what did you do? Oh,
1: it was, it's a lot of work. So those guys <laughs> do not get enough praise for what they do. Um, well, I don't, I mean, I know people appreciate them, but it's, it's such a broad reaching role. Um, you're essentially tasked with, Uh, hurting a lot of volunteers around (laughs) you know (laughs) uh, and and obviously those organizations run on their volunteers so it's not to make light of the volunteers because they don't exist without volunteers they don't exist without donations they don't exist without tons and tons of time that the volunteers put in but that doesn't mean it's not a challenge wrangling them all um and that's and the thing with bha is it's a pretty diverse group as far as um Kind of every aspect of life, because because of the nature of the the organization, um, so you in, you end up working with some interesting characters, and <laughs> um, and it's hard when they you, you, one of the challenges, and I think this is true of any conservation organization when you have a bunch of volunteers that are volunteering their time to do stuff, and you're on the payroll to do stuff. There's a high expectation of what you're going to be doing, since you're actually making money doing it. Um, and when you're spread across multiple States, that's a big challenge. Cause there's a lot of stuff going on. I mean, BHA is kind of known for their pint nights and stuff like that. And, you know, organizing those is a lot. At one point I was, you know, as we were getting things really going across just Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Michigan. And I mentioned Jason's in that role. Now he's picked up I want to say two or three more states into that.
0: Yeah, and, and, and that's a real quick. I just want to pause it, and that's something that people might not know. First off, BHA Backcountry Hunters and Angler. Oh, sure. Uh, just, yeah. Just in case someone doesn't know yep. what we're talking about, they're like, "What are these guys chatting about?" <laughs> but then the yeah. other thing I was going to mention, you just you just touched on it, is you're covering multiple regions, right, or states. Oh, yeah. You're not yeah, just huge. You're not just focused on uh, one state or one county. You're. It's a right. pretty broad area. Yeah, and
1: and and again, the nature of so one is the events and just organizing people being places and taking notations, and selling shirts and uh, talking to breweries and restaurants to allow people to have you there. And, you know, maybe they need a tax ID. Maybe they need, you know, maybe there's different sure, implications. There's, th- there's so many little things like that. And then on top of that, the BHA model is a little more complex than some conservation organizations because they're heavily Active in legislation, so um, the issues you're dealing with aren't. And this isn't to belittle other conservation groups, but it's not just getting people to a banquet and raising money and uh, doing what people think of as more traditional conservation of you know planning CRP and doing actual field work. The legislative part of it is is just as important, if not more, and it's a lot more difficult to navigate because you're well, yeah, trying to set appointments yeah, with that'd be so difficult. State, federal, and local level governments. You're (laughs) trying to impact uh, them, (laughs) right? And it's not easy. It and you're trying to motivate your volunteers to take the time to sit and call their elected officials. And as the beauty of BHA is, most of the volunteers don't need a whole lot of pushing. But there's always a million threats, it seems. Mm -hmm. And it's writing op eds. It's getting billboards placed. It's doing radio and podcast interviews. It's holding conference calls with portions or all of your chapters. So it's a pretty, um, it's a pretty big job. And and while I had it, I also organized a brew fest here in Hudson to raise funds. So that was a big undertaking to get, you know, 10 breweries to show up and serve beer, get all the, city licenses and all that stuff. So it's a, wow. those jobs, they cover a ton and I'm, I'm just still, I'm, I know I'm leaving out like some of the basic bookkeeping stuff oh, sure, and sure. just answering the that's, onslaught that's a, that's of emails and phone calls. I, I, I've just, yeah. I've
0: seen, I've seen like BHA posts and things. Hey, we need a coordinator role here and there. I, I was always curious. Like, what does yeah. that role do? And so Sorry, thanks for going down that rabbit hole. Yeah,
1: with me. <laughs> it's basically other duties as assigned, and is yeah. the job description exactly, exactly. Well, yeah. I'm
0: I'm very familiar. A lot of that role you were describing. So I work for uh, for a church, and I manage many volunteer sure. teams. And so, yeah, I, I could resonate with a lot of what you're what you're saying. I'm, I'm the <laughs> yeah. staff member, and I'm leading all these volunteer teams. So, I I feel you, brother. Yeah. <laughs> yep.
1: So, other than that, yeah, I, I've done kind of my own freelance stuff um, off and on throughout the the rest of the ten years that I wasn't doing those two jobs, um, and you know, got to work with some cool people and some cool brands, and and that's what I hope to develop more of my career into is shift
0: more to that with more of my time in the not too distant Absolutely. future. So, well, yeah. well, since we're on a kind of uh, your professional side and, and some of the things that you've worked on, let's just jump into, um, I want to touch on two things and I want you to tell me how are they connected, if at all. So sure. try, try Upland, um, mm-hmm. really want to talk about that, but also Uncommon Wild. Um, yeah. First, can you separate the two? Just what, what are they um, as, as a whole?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So Uncommon Wild is a company that, uh, me and my partner, Matt Harding own together. Um, we essentially both did a lot of freelance work in the, in the space. So we kind of came together to make one company out of our two portfolios of sorts and, and give us the opportunity to tackle bigger and different projects. Um, so really what it is, is an agency focused on marketing and business development in the outdoor space, um, we work with various brands and, and, and that was Tri Upland was essentially our, our, our first big project. We've done some other little stuff here and there, but that was our first big project. And as a new company, um, people know me, people know Matt, they don't know the name on common wild. So we wanted to put together this initial project and, and Tri Upland was that, but what it started as is our goal was to, we had planned an event in Northern Iowa, We reserved a a farm. Um, It was a private farm, but not like a preserve or anything, just private land. Um, And we were going to bring out a bunch of non-hunting media to try Upland and and write about it. So... um, then covid hit <laughs> and we had and we had we had companies that bought into this concept and yeah. paid us money and we had hired photographers and oh. you know Matt and I both do photography he does better than me but <laughs> as as running it we we needed more support so we'd hired subcontractors sure. and you know we have relationships with a bunch of different folks and and it just kind of basically all came crashing down mm. <laughs> so we are like ah crap Uh-oh. what do we do-
0: what do we do now we have
1: to deliver the we have the we need to find a way to build out these deliverables but in a different way so we shifted to more of a a social movement the idea and it's still kind of up on our stories um is it was initially more of a social movement so it was a challenge i think we we kind of made it an invitation and a challenge an invitation to new hunters and a challenge to current hunters to take someone out and the idea being that get people to just start inviting people use the hashtag try upland or if you want to go out post about it use the hashtag try Mm -hmm. upland and find a way to connect search the hashtag click here click there and try to find somebody and you don't have to go in person with somebody to get a mentorship type relationship but the feedback initially was slightly overwhelming in that there were so many people that wanted to basically be paired
0: up with a mentor and we're like ah crap we weren't really built (laughs) for this um so, so real, real quick, Will, I just want to yeah. make sure we're following along, make sure listeners are. So was the original concept um, to be more of a, uh in-person, just kind of a like, hey, try Upland. Was the online platform that you have now, and we'll get into that that in a little bit, but was that even a thought back then in the original no. concept? It wasn't.
1: No, no, it, it wasn't. So this was all, we, we've just... Uh, with informed decision made this up as we gone along, you know, it's, it's stuff. Matt's made a career of community development. So this Mm. isn't, you know, I've made a a career of sorts out of various other aspects. So this wasn't necessarily by accident, but we didn't necessarily expect it to go this way, but we're glad it did. Um, So with that response, we decided to put up a, um, essentially an online community based around it and, Mm that was kind of our proof of concept because running stuff like that gets expensive quick. And we had deliverables to make with the current funds we had that were not based on building an online community. So we're just trying to juggle money and time and effort to figure out where to take this thing. Um, so we kind of put up a online community site that was pretty limited And in no time we had like 120 people in there and it was almost a 60, 40 split, even of 60% new hunters, 40% mentors. Oh wow. And I thought it was going to be the other way around. Like we thought it was going to be like 80% mentors and you know, 20% new hunters. So then it's like, okay, it's, yeah, it, it was it was a cool project. We got a couple yeah. people out. But sure. The response has been so promising and people have just basically said this is what I've been looking for is this kind of community aspect. Um so we shifted to a new platform that we launched about a month ago and we're getting close to 200 users and I realize how low of a number that is. Um but we've had close to 400 people fill out interest. That's
0: that's not insignificant. I mean, 200 people showing, showing interest, you know, writing in their stories, whether it's on the mentor side or mentees, that's, that's significant for sure.
1: Well, and when you think about a lot of state agencies, they'll do these learn to hunt programs and it's, they have a whole staff and budget and they're recruiting 10 to 20 so if we're essentially no budget at this point <laughs> but pulling in 200 people that are interested you just and just call that it, ultra low budget <laughs> yeah exactly um but yeah so we, this new platform's a lot better it's a lot more flexible we can host like online webinars we mm-hmm. can do live events like that through the internet um we can do um pre-recorded education materials we can build out it's infinite because we own it. You know, it's, we're not nice. using someone else's platform. Yeah. Um, the, the capabilities are, are somewhat endless with it. And we'll actually have a mobile application hitting iOS and Android in the next. Oh, nice. My goal is June, but again, it's, it's me and Matt. We don't have a 50 person dev team and sure. in a hundred thousand dollars. I, I was, was going to ask so, are you, guys, um, are you guys
0: building this app yourself or do you. Yeah, contract
1: so it's, someone? so it, it, it's, uh, um, we essentially bought the framework and then I'm building it out to our specific uh, use case and needs. Um, And then, you know, of course, branding and publishing and all that good stuff is a little, a little more than, than, uh, well, it's, it's a whole nother aspect to just how it functions is what it's called, where it's placed and how oh, it absolutely. looks. So that's, that's going to be, that's endless. <laughs> yeah, that's, exactly. That's a, big,
0: that's a big project you got on
1: your hands. Yeah. So and, so, and we, the response we've gotten so far to the few people we've told us like, we, we like the community, but we'll love it if we can just get it on our phone and not have to log onto a website every time. Sure.
0: Sure. Sometimes so, a website can be, can be a hindrance Even yep. I, in my own day-to-day life. I'm like. I'm not going to do that. If it doesn't have an app. Yeah. <laughs> like it right. just yeah. looks, exactly. looks better. It feels better. Well, and the um,
1: performance is it lags on a, a website too, because you're sure. loading a thing within a
0: thing instead of just loading the sure. thing. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's so, it's so, so funny. My, I use the you know, Amazon app all the time on my phone. It's like the only thing yeah. I use. My wife, Labor she hike. still runs Amazon on a web browser on her phone. I, I, don't, I, I don't know. I think she's wrong forget, with her. She has the app. Kidding. And so she logs into, you know, Safari and using, using Amazon. I'm like, honey, why does this look? So what do you, Oh, you're on the website. It's, yeah. It throws me off every time. Okay. <laughs> back, back to more important matters. Um, so tell people what is, so what's kind of the, the platform? What can people expect? Cause we've talked a little bit about, there's a mentor side and a mentee mm-hmm. side. Um, yep. I, I poked around a little bit when you guys first launched it. Um, I keep meaning to post, um, well, honestly, I'm, I'm debating whether I'm a mentee or a mentor. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still, yeah. I'm still trying to see where I land, but um, yeah, just, just tell us what is, what is this uh, that people can expect? Yeah.
1: So when you log in or when you create an account, you have to decide whether So we need your state, your zip code. Um, we don't publish, we publish your state, but we don't publish your zip code. The zip code is more for us to have a better idea to communicate with state agencies around hunter concentration and need. Mm-hmm. Um, the state is so we know where you are in general, and then basically the only other thing is like a name, username, email, and then um, you have to establish whether you're a mentor or a mentee. And and there's kind of two purposes to that. One, this is meant to be a social application essentially, but it's not meant to be somewhere you just live in. Talk crap. <laughs> uh, it, <laughs> so it, it's Facebook, based on right? <laughs> exactly so. Um, it, it you if you're not one of those, you're not willing to or wanting to be one of those two things. You're you don't need to be on the site. Is sure. basically what it boils down to. Um, but the way we define it is a mentor is anyone who can who is a successful upland hunter and is willing to share a safe upland experience with someone new. You don't have to be an expert. You don't have to be. Uh, you don't have to be a dog trainer. You don't have to be mm-hmm. anything other than somebody that knows how to go into a field, find was, birds. Sometimes say,
0: describe successful.
1: <laughs> successful is no one leaves with birdshot in their face. Well, that, okay, basically that's basically it. I got that. Um, okay, <laughs> it's just safe and fun is our our um our definition of a successful hunt. That's awesome. Um, nobody should be expecting you to be a guide. This isn't a bunch of free guide services lined up like. It's, it's really meant to be a community as if it would be at any local like gathering, you know, if you're out with, like you
0: met someone just at a, at a, at a bar grabbing lunch or something and you guys started talking about upland hunting and exactly. That let's say that mentor, that that person who has more experience, them yeah. At the end of the conversation, they're like, "Hey, you know what? You wanna you wanna go hit a couple fields with me? You wanna wanna yeah. you know, try this out. Exactly.
1: Yeah. So, and you know, we have some basic guidelines, and we'll be beefing those up as far as like what's expected of a mentor and what's expected of a mentee, and we have some of that on there. Um, And part of it is to build a community. So, you know, there's a main feed um, where anybody can post anything they want you know, um, pictures, recipes, thoughts, ideas, questions, whatever, and kind of pull the national audience, but there's also regional groups. So you can discuss things within a, a regional setting. Um, and they're pretty broad regional groups. There's, you know, especially cause most upland hunters are willing to go pretty significant distances to find birds or different species. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we left those open and I mean, you can enjoy, you can join us all or some or, or just one, whatever, um, and then the idea too, is to create this kind of level of community interaction instead of a paired off mentor mentee relationship. So, um, I participated in some mentored hunting opportunities in uh, Minnesota. I used to live across the river, Minnesota. I was part of their, uh, new adult hunter program, and this is for deer hunting mind you. So it's a little, it's significantly different, but what I noticed in that is when you pair people off, um, it's luck of the draw, whether they even like each other or not. And that doesn't create an ongoing environment. So, um, one of the guys I mentored, he was great. We got along fine, but we didn't like hit it off. And I'm usually pretty easy to deal with. So it's like, it was never, neither of us like disliked each other, but we just didn't click. You you guys weren't like going to be best friends. So, but randomly I connected better with another guy in the program who was paired up with someone else. Um, and that guy wanted to get into archery hunting and his mentor didn't know much about archery. So he was like, well, you met Will go talk to him. He knows about archery. So I spent two seasons helping him just off and on, get set up in archery and practice and, you know, help with technique and ideas and whatever. And And that went a lot better. And that's where I decided that we should do this kind of community aspect. Cause if, and, and in the kind of guidelines for the mentors, it's like if somebody doesn't like you, that's okay. They're not, everybody's going to like you and it doesn't mean you're a bad person. It just means you might not be the best fit and that's fine. Um, but by building this community, you have the opportunity to learn from multiple mentors. You can post an environment where you get five people giving you ideas or thoughts based on their experiences instead
0: of one person. Um, that's really good. So, so it sounds like there's not, because my, my other question I was going to ask, and it sounds like it's a no. So try Upland. The platform is not It's not matching people. It's a very organic in these discussions, right? Most people are talking. You're just opening up a natural conversation for someone to say, Hey, would you want to come along or Hey, right. Okay. Well, and and we actively
1: monitor stuff. It's pretty slow right now because it's off season. um, And because of some of the work we're doing to improve the platform, you know, we've made the conscious decision not to load it with a ton of content today. Um, because we want it to perform better, or we want to do different things. So it's there and it exists. Everybody's sure. welcome to use it as much as they want. Um, but there's a lot more coming. Um, but we actively monitor that we have the data behind every user. So when somebody's like, Hey, I'm in Missouri, I'd love to try and there's nobody really responding. I'll go pull the mentor list for Missouri and start tagging people and oh, say, oh, Hey, cool. Heath. I know you hunted quail out this way. Why don't you respond? And Heath gotcha. jumps in. So, and, so
0: you can prompt if you, yeah.
1: Yeah. So we to. can, we can help facilitate more than just hoping people do it. Um, And that's where the mobile app really comes in. Cause you can set push notifications oh, sure. to your yeah, region or. Possibilities are endless. Yeah. So we can, and we can be selective of how we push notifications. So we can say, okay, Hey, all mentors in the South region or Southeast region, you had a new mentee join and they posted a question. What do you think? You know, so we can help facilitate there. Whereas right now it's me manually going in and digging stuff up <laughs> wow, and calling that's, people out. Yeah, So, that's um, some work, but it's, it's, uh, it's not too bad. And it it's, you know, especially now while the community is relatively small, that's pretty easy. You get pretty to know enough of the names sure. and locations that it's not hard. Um, but the other thing that's nice about the community is, um, we've identified areas of like high concentration of mentees and virtually no mentors. So that's how we can do two things. We can help plan events like in-person events around that. And we have some of those coming up this year. And we can also use that information to go to state agencies and say, here's the proof that you you need to hold something.
0: You have all these people that are interested who are new, who want to try it, but we don't really have any mentors in that area. So where's your, so two things, where's your highest concentration of mentees? And then vice versa, where's your highest concentration of mentors? So highest,
1: yeah, so kind of the, um, disparate proportion of those, um, in, in California and the general Southwest area, um, like, uh, Southern California. At one point we had like 22 mentees and zero mentors, oh, wow. um, signed up. And that part of that's because we're still new. We haven't so, like, so that also gives us the opportunity to say, okay, we can use social media to advertise to people that have demonstrated an interest in upland hunting in these areas to recruit more mentors. And, the, or we can also go to a state agency and say, okay, we're in this area. We know these people are there. Use our platform to reach them. Um, as far as concentration of mentors, I'd say it's the upper Midwest. So, the Minnesota, Wisconsin, Dakotas area, because just the sheer number of upland hunters sure, and upland up uh, bird populations and public land access are through the roof in the Dakotas, Minnesota, even
0: down through Iowa and Nebraska and some of the states. Yeah, I'm meeting a lot of people. Like Nebraska, not Nebraska, uh, Iowa. Iowa seems mm-hmm. like it's it's in general. Again, on my limited view of social media, it's making this comeback. Like there's these yeah great some great uh kennels and breeders out of iowa there's some some guys who are are really hitting iowa pretty hard
1: yeah so that's that's kind of where we what the data looks like right now but again that's with our initial sample of about 400 people that filled out initial information and then kind of refining that with the 180 or so that have actually joined the site and we've been able to map a little bit better so um so yeah that's that's kind of the nature of it um you know, and I guess the, where I was going with the conscious concentration of mentees is sometimes it's fun to learn with other people that don't know anything either. So it you're at least not kicking around by yourself, but if you find another person that's new to it and you both want to try it, why not? You know, it's, you know, again, as long as you're, you're being safe and legal that, sure. you know, that those are the caveats to basically every conversation we're having. <laughs> yes. Um, but, you know, that that's something to be said, you know, like learning by yourself can be annoying and frustrating, but learning with somebody else can be a lot of fun, yeah. um, especially if you get a, a few people together that don't have a dog, but are interested and you can kind of cover a field a little better and kick the brush a little bit more. And it's a little more fun than if you're out there by yourself hoping. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you absolutely. Know?
0: So, no, I, I mean, personally, I, I can attest to that. I mean, uh, so my buddy, Matt and another buddy, Jake of mine, um, we all got dogs from the same litter. Mm-hmm. Um, all nice. uh, Brittany's for almost four years ago. And, uh, nice. we're all, we all had some level of, of upland hunting experience. Um, and so we all got to kind of figure it out together. We got to figure yeah. out dogs together, upland hunting together, wild birds, you name it. Um, and it, it did. It made it a, a lot more fun, and enjoyable to know. There's, there's pros and cons. It's, there's pros to being with someone who's a veteran, like who just yeah, knows absolutely. it. You can soak up all the information. But then there's also something being with buddies who are figuring it out and at the same level as you are. So I, I, I think that's awesome.
1: Well, and those lessons stick when you learn it the hard way, instead of just somebody telling you this, like, you know, somebody can tell me the same thing eight times. I'm not going to listen until I screw it up myself sometimes. So it's like, you know, sometimes uh, learning from an expert isn't as near as valuable as figuring it out with a friend because uh, you know, the results were probably somewhat drastic, <laughs> you know, and, and it was more personal when you failed at it and experienced sure. it. than when that guy told you he failed at it, so. it's going to stick more. It's going
0: to stick. Yep. Um, well, so did you, did you have a mentor when you got into hunting? Like what kind of prompted this, this movement that you and Matt put together? Like what was, what was it that you saw that was missing? Was it your experience with a mentor, lack of mentor? No, it, it was really, um, We'd looked at some
1: data around uh, conservation group membership and license sales that said that basically, um, especially among upland hunters, the average hunter is is about to die. <laughs> you know not, not, yeah, that's sure. so drastic, but I've no, no, I, I heard the, that. Yeah, toss a around. significant portion. And I used to know the the numbers offhand, but it's like twenty or thirty percent of. Active upland hunters are over fifty five. Yeah, that's um, wow, so that's you know we're ten to fifteen years from them aging out, and the age bracket to replace them. we one is, hit is, is, away. Is, yeah, exactly. Is um, that the age bracket that essentially replaces them is like ten percent? You know, so we're losing potentially a fifth to a quarter of the upland hunting population over the next ten years, and if we don't replace it, we lose a lot. So we lose. You know, we lose license sales, which funds state DNRs. Yeah. We lose the push for walk in access, the push for public land associated with upland hunting. Um, We lose people's voices that will yell at their elected officials when, you know, they're looking at the farm bill or or whatever else and how it might affect upland habitat. Um, So we looked at that and, like, we need ways to recruit new hunters and reach the non-hunting folks or, or and especially a, a, around upland hunting you especially because upland hunting's so much easier to get into and it's a lot more fun and you know i'm an avid bow hunter deer hunter you know I, I i hunt just about everything and the only thing that might be easier to get into is spring gobbler hunting mm-hmm. but it's generally a short season and um and there's no
0: dogs involved. Come on.
1: Yeah, Yeah. exactly. <laughs> well, and you know, in my personal situation with Upland, I, I grew up in central Virginia and we didn't have any real wild bird populations there. And it was kind of a rich, <clears throat> a rich man sport. It was, mm. you know, you had to spend $300 every time you wanted to go hunt birds and I yeah. couldn't do that. Sure. Um, the things have changed in Virginia. There's a little more birds in different places than there used to be, but, um, yeah, you know, when I moved here to Wisconsin, well, Minnesota, Wisconsin area, I really wanted to try pheasant hunting. And I went with a, a buddy of mine, and it was actually the last hunt he took his dog on. She, she was put down like a week and a half later. Um and then I had a blast, even though I about lost some toes, uh, because <laughs> I wore the absolute wrong clothes. Oh. <laughs> I had, had short, like seven-inch hikers, and it was one of those days where it's just slushy and cold. Ooh. And I went over the top of my boots like a dozen times. Oh, sure. And, well, you learned the hard um, way. Yeah. Like I said, he, yeah. somebody could have told me a hundred times to wear different boots. And I'm like, oh, no, I'm good until yeah. I'm wringing out my socks every time we get to the truck and then putting my feet on the dash with the defrost yep. on. <laughs> and then we get to the next place. I put my frozen socks back on and go back out. Um, so I, I, I tried it with him. His name's Matt. Great guy. And then I moved across the line into Wisconsin. And this, I was working for BHA at the time. Um, and my buddy, Tim, who works for BHA actually grew up right near where I was living, even though he lives in Colorado now is Tim brass at BHA. And I was like, Hey, I know you're from the area. I I really want to try upland hunting more, but I don't know anybody close to me, especially on the Wisconsin side. And that has a dog and wouldn't be annoyed by me begging to come along every time. So he introduced me by email to a, a good friend of mine now, uh, Brian, Nagorka, who lives just north of me and we've been upland hunting a ton ever since so um and a year ago i got my 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 bird dog so um this past season was the first season he got to hunt oh nice so i got to hunt a lot more um but all other seasons i've just been tagging along with brian <laughs> or anybody else that had a dog and would let me chase them yeah. through you the gotta, field you so
0: make make friends quick yeah yeah um yep. that, that's a great point. I mean, I, I like that you said um, you know, growing up in Virginia, I mean, again, it was it was kind of viewed as a rich man sport. Um yeah. kind of similar to where I grew up in Illinois. Um mm-hmm. not much public land, at least that I know right. of still. Um, and it was, yeah, it was all preserve hunting. Um, thankfully, my dad he joined his hunt clubs preserve thing. And so I got into it, I was maybe 20-ish. We started, you know, going on some hunts together. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was my, my very limited view of upland hunting. It yeah. was, you had to be a part of a club. There was no other way. Right. And the same deal. I moved out to Colorado and started hearing about, you know, got my first, you know, bird dog, get all excited. And I'm like, okay, well, I have my dog. Where am I going to go? I started <laughs> right. learning about walking access and, and public lands and all this stuff. And mm-hmm. it got me excited. i really excited yeah. that just that, it was encouraging to know, hey, I don't have to pay a thousand dollars a year to join this club. Right, go go out to Eastern Colorado and and have a great time. And so yep. I think that's that's a well, and and
1: and like I said, it, we we chose Upland too because of that lack of barrier to entry of sorts. Because what I to at its basic, all you really need to get how upland hunting is is i i've said this on the several interviews so people probably stick here and it's like a pair of sturdy <laughs> pants and a cheap shotgun you, mm-hmm. you don't need the latest over and under that's yeah. seven grand you don't need um filson double tin cloth chaps you, 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 <laughs> you, i mean that's all great but sure. you don't you don't need to outfit yourself with what you could buy a car with to go absolutely um will your success go up with a dog sure but everybody i know including me that has a bird dog will find any reason to go bird hunting with anyone they know can be safe with a firearm. Like this mm-hmm. year with Odin, my, my dog's name's Odin. Um, I, I put an invite out on some Facebook groups that said, basically if you're within three hours of Hudson, <laughs> Wisconsin, and want to go hunt birds, tell me and I'll be there. And, and with COVID that was a lot of three hours there, three hours back in the same day. Sure. But I, there were, I don't think I turned anyone down that asked That's so cool. You, you know, and it's, and I'm not special. That's like, you know, my buddy, Brian, I'd call him and be like, I know you're not planning to go bird hunting, but do you want to go when I didn't have a dog? <laughs> and he was like, absolutely. Yeah, Cause it's, sometimes it. you're just looking for somebody to go with. Yeah. Um. So, you, you know, that's, that's kind of where I don't like not having a dog is a barrier, but if just going two or three times a season with your buddy that has a dog is what you're up for, that's fine. You don't have to get a dog and spend three days a week in the field but if you go twice you're invested you're you're likely having fun if you keep doing it every year it means you're buying a a stamp or a license associated with that and you're partaking in something that you wouldn't have otherwise and maybe you join pheasants forever or quail forever maybe you do something like that um so and and maybe that's how you introduce your kid to hunting is through upland hunting you know so there's so many little things like we don't we're not trying to evangelize everyone to be a diehard upland hunter. We just want yeah. people to try it, get involved. And even if you don't stick with it, we want people to understand that it's a great way to get outdoors, contribute to conservation and hopefully bring home some delicious food. Yeah. You, you know? <laughs> so, meant, and that. we just, yeah, exactly. And we just, <laughs> we just don't want this to die off because, yeah. um, you know, especially like I said, we have these pockets and places and, um, we want those places that have high numbers to stay high. And we want those places that have low numbers to get higher numbers. So we're hoping this platform can take a more global or a more national yeah. look at the hunter population and availability and stuff like that. So we can help foster that growth where needed. Yeah, man, I, I just
0: gotta say, I, I mean, applauds to, to you and Matt uh, just for, for seeing the, again, the potential risk the, the potential danger yeah. out there with, again, just being honest, if upland hunting is aging out just with the demographic and the numbers and um the age of people in this sport and and seeing that and saying hey let's do something now let's let's just take a stand let's create this platform we don't know what we're doing exactly but let's figure it out (laughs) right yeah and and navigate it and and give it a shot because yeah there's there's organizations there's pheasants forever quail forever they're doing things which yeah, is awesome absolutely. They're doing great things, but I, th- I think just, uh, yeah, just way to go uh, for, for seeing that need and, and trying something out to, to help. Yeah. So that's awesome. No, I definitely, like I said, I got, I got the five kiddos and I would, I would love to continue this, this upland hunting and hope, hopefully mm-hmm. they would enjoy it, get into it. And, uh, I definitely want this to be around, uh, for their kids, kids. And, and so, right. On. Yep, exactly. So my, my older couple, couple of my older ones are, are really enjoying the dog side of things right now. Yeah. Um, they love working with the dog and they're fascinated with like the pigeons and, and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. So that's, that's been a good, uh, good intro for them. I think just, uh, um, yeah. the dog, the dog part and, and they're really fascinated. So it's been fun. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. My
1: I've, kids love, uh, Odin. He's kind of the character of we have two smaller dogs one's super old so he doesn't move a lot um and odin you know they're small and odin's pushing 75 pounds so he's a big boy he's a big german wire hair pointer um and the kids he's like the the entertainment of the household every day being crazy and that's just so good and he's so good with the kids too which is great um and they love him to death so they're understanding that he's a bird dog and it's really funny my, my son, my oldest is the only one that's really gone bird hunting with me. Um, so he's seen it, but I took some videos. I recently took Odin. I drove to Virginia to visit family and take a friend out upland hunting. Um, he'd never been. So we went to a preserve cause it was out of season, you know, like wild birds. Sure, sure. So we went to a preserve and in, in Goochland, Virginia. Um, and because it was, you know, it's planted birds and stuff. And, I'd shot at a few and, uh, I was really focused on Josh, my, my buddy, I'd taken hunting, um, actually getting birds and focusing on him and the dog. And I had to get some photos and stuff. So I took some video just with my phone, like quick clips of Odin. And he, he was holding point, like a champ, like (laughs) two, three minutes while we were trying to find the bird or, or whatever. Um, and it blew my kids and my wife away to see him not just be this big dumb puppy jumping around acting stupid to this stoic you yeah. know statue fixture <laughs> of a of a dog in the field and they're like oh my gosh he's a totally different dog i'm like yeah it's it's amazing to see the transformation that, when the light switch you, goes on yeah you put the chest protector and the e-collar on him and if there's any chance you're near a field when those go on <laughs> he's 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 head down but as soon as he gets that first whiff of bird he's all business until workload. you make him stop and it's it's phenomenal yeah um and the kids were like i said they were blown away to see those videos
0: of him <laughs> one point forever oh yeah so. that's that's really cool talk about your dog a little talk about odin then what what made you go oh, yeah. with the, the the german wire hair yeah okay yeah. what what made you go with that breed availability honestly really and okay. price so well
1: i wanted a, a uh uh my, my buddy Brian has two wire hair pointing griffins, and that's where I kind of fell in love with the that breed. And I know there's a distinct difference between them and wire, you know, germ wire pointers and wire pointing griffins and jotars and whatever. Um, but they're similar enough, <laughs> and some dog purist just gonna write me a nasty letter <laughs> for that. But um, I was interested in that type of breed. Um, I'd done a bunch of research on um breeders in the area wait lists and prices and i was like man i i've never trained a dog to do anything even our family dogs it's like i didn't even train them to be very good family dogs no um so i didn't want to spend a fortune on a dog and i didn't i needed a dog at a certain time frame so I basically went on the AKC website and I decided on a German wire pointer just from research. And I was gonna experience. say, did you
0: ever hunt over one prior? Or did you have any no experience? just the
1: just the griffins? Okay. So um again, not the same, but hunting similar. around them all the time <laughs> yeah. and with the two breeds side by side. They're extremely similar. Um so I, I went with uh, a German wire pointer, I found a breather a breeder not a breather in Northern Minnesota. Um, and they had a litter that was, uh, he was born January 15th. So he's, you know, a year and a few oh, months perfect, now. Perfect springtime pup. Exactly. Picked him up the week before everything shut down for COVID. Oh, wow. <laughs> I picked him up on Friday and the next Friday is when every, it was, yeah. March wow. 6th. I picked him up. So I know and what March thirteenth, doing, do, doing during lockdown. <laughs> oh yeah. It was me and the dog in the yard all day, <laughs> yep. every day. No. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I would just, and and frankly, he was he, he was the first litter from this breeder. Just a, a family in northern Wisconsin. I mean, northern Minnesota. Uh, asked them probably an annoying amount of questions about <laughs> Good, the 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 two parents. Um, spoke to the you know the husband and wife separately and <laughs> verified stories. <laughs> Good, and, job. Good job. Good. Um, and really just bugged them a bunch. And uh, yeah, he was inexpensive for uh uh, he was under a thousand dollars which is almost non-existent for a pure like hunting dog breed his parents weren't navdo anything he isn't either um but i was confident in what his natural ability would be based on discussions with the the breeders so we went and picked him up and he's been amazing um i wouldn't consider myself a bird dog trainer by any stretch um and I was fortunate that he does have that natural ability and drive because all I've really taught him to do is listen to me for the most point, for <laughs> sure. the most part. Yeah, just work on and, re- um,
0: recall and and just yeah, know, make sure he yeah. comes
1: comes to you when called. Yep. So he, and he does that well. Um, he's he's naturally pretty steady. That's probably the last little bit of finish work I have to do is to just really reinforce the whoa command because I didn't do it very good as a puppy. Okay. Um, but I've also he he's really steady, <laughs> you <laughs> well, know, ahead. like I I've used that the, I I haven't done a ton of like place training or, or whoa, just for sure. s- whoa sake. Yeah. Um, the most of that was on actual birds. So I don't know if he figured it out or if I'm yeah. just, he's just naturally steady. And I attribute it to me yelling stuff at him. I mean, a lot of, um, a lot is genetics. So, <laughs> yeah. So I think, I think I just got lucky in that I'm not very good, but he is, um, and yeah, he's done. He's done really well. That's, that's uh, and awesome. it's tough with pheasant too because they don't hold for crap. No, so no. The dog, I, needs,
0: I, the dog needs to relocate if you're hunting pheasant. Yeah,
1: yeah. So I I, I went to a preserve and put him on chucker and quail. He did great. And then the, this last trip in Virginia, we put out twenty quail, and he got up every single one of those. Perfect. Nice. I mean, I I lost count of how perfect his points were retrieved everything to hand and i've not really done any retrieved hand work with him very much um like (laughs) we do basic yeah we we do basic we do basic fetch and and you know stuff in the yard or at the park and stuff so he knows that i want him to bring things to me and i guess the little bit of finish work on that is is getting to hold and not just drop the bird um he's probably 50 50 at this point he'll bring it and i'll grab it or he'll be too excited to just drop it um but i want him to hold it because a couple of those quail almost got away because <laughs> we just clipped them because they're oh, tiny sure. and it was super windy but yeah um his first retrieve to hand we were at a, a game farm here in minnesota i shot a rooster and uh it didn't go down it kind of it was gliding and there was right. a decent wind and there's snow over this lake so um, I just watch it glide across the lake, and then there goes Odin right after it. I'm like, "Oh my gosh, come on, man!" There he goes. Um, and I have the Garmin Pro 550 Plus or 550 Pro Plus, and at some point I'd knocked one of the switches, so it was on the wrong collar. Oh, and I'm beeping him. I'm like, "Oh, you're embarrassing me, man! You're not coming <laughs> back." And you know, you're to preserve the dog. You don't want him running into somebody else's field and screwing sure. up their hunt either. And, and I'm like cussing under my breath. I'm mad. <laughs> and I'm like, and the it's guys I was hunting there. with are both new hunters. So they don't, they're like, it's fine. You know, he's fine. And I'm like, no, he shouldn't be doing this. Right. And sure enough, here he comes back rooster in his mouth. And the GPS said he was almost 200 yards Heck out yeah. at the farthest point. And that was his first retrieve to hand. Dang. And then he got a lot of praise for that. And he's just done it every time. Since. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's so, so cool. um, that's you know, he so just cool. did it because he knew he, wanted that bird and then i think it was a blessing that his remote wasn't working because it didn't bother yeah, him yeah it could have knocked him and off then, that yeah right and then um and then you know after it felt like an hour but it was like half a minute you know it's like 30 <laughs> seconds because he covers ground so quick oh sure Um, but it felt for forever because like i said i don't want him screwing up somebody else's hunt on the preserve um but when i finally realized the remote was on and i i, I just beeped him i don't i don't have to really shock him he doesn't it doesn't change his response the beep is plenty sure um so i beeped him and he came barreling back with that bird in his mouth and i was like okay so he knows how to retrieve to hand <laughs> i Check. guess that and works. then like i said in virginia on this quail he we got 13 of the 20 uh 13 quail and a chucker we found a chucker. We didn't have any chucker put out, but somebody okay. did. Bonus and we bird. got one of those. Yeah. So, um, he retrieved every single one to hand. So that's great, man. So, you know, like I like... said, the 50, 50, but oh, sure. he at least hey, brought it back. It's good enough. It <laughs> <is> good <laughs> he enough. Retrieved
0: to me. He didn't just chew on it and leave. Yeah, again, we, we've said this already on here, but like, as long as you're having fun, who cares if you're oh, yeah. retrieves, doesn't retrieve, <laughs> yeah. like just get out there and have yeah. fun. Um, it sounds like you, uh, you did most of the training yourself. Where like are you looking at like videos on YouTube? Like are you following trainers on Instagram? Like how how did you kind of navigate this all with your first bird dog? Uh I read Gun Dog. It's
1: a old book. A really old one. Yeah. Yeah, it's got a red cover. I can't think of any of the names. I have a green cover and a red cover.
0: (laughs) It's like gun, yeah, gun dog training or something simple like that.
1: Yeah, it's something super simple like that. Got it on eBay for like four bucks. I read it when I put the deposit. I read it again right before I got him and I just kinda and then I just did random article reading and research and stuff and and you'll develop the i by looking through all that, I developed like a core understanding that I thought might work, and then as I worked with him i I realized what of that worked best with him mm. um and dogs you know they're smart, but they're also simple you know they have to trust you they have to know that when you tell them to do something it's what they should be doing and not just a suggestion and it's they they're at least working breeds or my dog i don't know it's not like i can speak from training a dozen but (laughs) it's it's a it's a reward system
0: and yeah it's it's um, a positive reinforcement yeah yeah if you say kennel and he gets a, a treat when he goes in the kennel and he's nine weeks old You do that enough times, enough repetitions. He's like, so wait, if I go in the kennel, i get a treat. But also if he says kennel and I go in, I still get a treat. This is awesome.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. So just basic stuff like that. And just the, um, it, it, for me, which I've not always had, this is just patience, you know, realizing that even now he's, you know, 15 months old, he's still, puppy-ish and I don't need to beat on him and yell at him to get him to do something. I can just ask him to. And if he doesn't wait until he does and then praise him And Mm -hmm. and it works so much better. Um, and you know, we did just real simple low pressure situation stuff. Um, and most of it was treated like fun and games as a puppy until probably six or eight months old. And that's when he started going in the field. And that's when I started getting more serious, um with him and uh, yeah i did everything from the basic obedience and stuff um even uh gun breaking him i read a few things and i was like it sounds easy enough i don't i, I didn't force fetch him which i don't necessarily plan on doing um because i don't i'm not trying to fix anything he does what i want him to so i don't want to mess him up um but gun breaking i You know, if if anybody's unsure of it, absolutely pay somebody to do it or get a a trainer to do it, however. But um I got lucky in that uh yeah, my buddy has the two griffins and he lives on some land. So um I went out last spring, so about this time. So he's a few months old and I needed to pattern a a turkey. So I brought him with me to pattern a turkey gun and I just had my buddy Brian stand like sixty yards behind me and I'd shoot. And he, his two dogs would freak out because they're like, oh, bird down, you know, because they're bird dogs. So he'd see them get excited and he'd praise Odin. And I did that. I don't know. I probably shoot shot, I don't know, six or eight shells. And he was real little then. And then Brian's wife, Caitlin, wanted to try out my Stevens 555 over and under because she was interested in getting one or one like it. And this was uh, right before fall. Well, I guess it was probably July, August. So yeah, close enough to fall. So Odin was bigger and he hadn't really been exposed to a shot sound. I'd expose him to loud noises, but sure. not shots at close range. So I just gave her my gun and some shells and I got like 30 yards behind her and I just kind of sat next to him and held him. So he'd be steady. And I had a lot of treats in my pocket <laughs> every time she shot, I would praise him and give him treats like crazy, like tons nice. of treats, like probably not a healthy amount. Um, and he <laughs> like, see, this is awesome. um, Right. And he'd see Rudy and Juno, their two Griffins get excited at the gunshot and run into the prairie looking for birds, even though there weren't any. Sure. Um, so we did that. And then, um, once we got on an, on some birds and he he put the shot together with not just being excited, but a shot bird being around, bird. um, he, he was good to go. So it, that's kind of a, a cheap version of gun breaking. It's kind of the same stuff, <laughs> hey, but hey, it, it's it, just creating it a positive experience for the dog. And I know, like I said, I got lucky in that some dogs are just scared to death of gunshots from the start. And if he had been that way, when I was patterning my Turkey gun, I probably yeah. gone a different route, but yeah. he was then completely fine. And yeah, figure something yeah. else out. So, um, so yeah, I got pretty, pretty lucky with just having a good dog, but, um, and follow in, I didn't just do stupid stuff with them. I, I, at <laughs> least researched
0: things right, right. for the D- most test, part. Yeah. Research a little bit. Hey, how should you, and that's a big thing with dog training that I've found personally is like, there's so much information out there. So many different uh, topics or different methods to do things. You kind of have to like read it all with a grain of salt and, and kind of put it all together. Kind of think, all right, so here's these 20 different ideas on, let's say how to gun break a dog. And then you kind mm-hmm. of test out and, and do your method or, or pick the method that you think is going to work. Right. Work because yep. there's, there's so much out there and there's good content. There's, there's good. Oh yeah. Out there, articles, trainers, all that stuff. Yeah.
1: yeah. And that's not to minute to diminish the value of a trainer. Um, I know a couple and they're, they do phenomenal work. Sure. Um, and they're, I'm certain they're worth every penny. So I don't want this to come off as like, Oh, don't even worry about the trainer. That's stupid, but for some people, that you don't have the patience or the time, or and honestly, if it wasn't for COVID, I probably would have had to hire a trainer because he'd have spent so much time in the kennel that sure it wouldn't have been as easy for him to
0: trust me yeah. and to build
1: that relationship. So
0: Tra- trainer can help you get the results you want quicker. I feel. Oh yeah, hundred percent. That's that's a big big plus to a to a trainer and, and the time you know just the, the yep. time it takes to drive out to a field, locate, find training, it it does take time. It takes work and effort, but, um, it's fun. It's a fun hobby. We're all addicted to. So
1: yeah, exactly.
0: Uh, Um, awesome. Will. well, I want to, I want to, you know, just be mindful of, of your time and my time. Um, I know we both got, got kids running around, Yeah, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I, uh, I've been doing the kind of a rapid fire question, uh, section at the very end of each episode. And so I'm just going to rattle off a couple questions and just give me your quick, uh, response. If you need to elaborate on, on a couple, feel free, but, sure. um, we're going to, we're going to go for it. You ready? Sounds good. Hey right, brother. What, uh, what gun are you carrying out into the field and why? Stevens 555 20 gauge over and under. Yes, um, 20 gauger.
1: Yeah. Well, it's it's so light and easy and it uh, it packs what I need it to without much more and it was kind of a you know, it was a s- thought as my my starting out upland gun with the idea that it would be easy to hand off to my son or who I, or of anybody else that wanted yeah, to come with good me. Thought. Um but it's a phenomenal gun it's uh it's a lot of fun to shoot it's super light easy to swing it was they're pretty cheap as far as upland guns go yeah, especially they, they over under pretty reasonable yeah i think msrp is like 729 or 749 but yeah. you can find them 600 and yeah, less for an all and under, day every day that's awesome and uh it patterns nice when i shoot at birds fall so yeah. i'll, right. and, I'll, and I'll for, stick
0: with it <laughs> and quick side note anyone out there who's like I've heard twenty gauge can't take down a rooster. No, it can. It, it can take yeah. down wild well, and I'm shooting It can take down anything.
1: And I I, sh- I shoot a lot of uh, steel because I'm on a lot of WPAs where you have oh, sure. to shoot steel. So twenty gauge steel will still knock them down. Yeah. Um, I just know that's a that's a very
0: <laughs> very absolutely. heated topic. Everyone's like, what gun should I get? And then you get all these people. Oh, you have to go twelve gauge. Yeah. No, you don't. have Hey, to. whatever gun you enjoy. Yep. Um, favorite dog breed besides the one you own. Um, her second favorite dog breed, I guess. Yeah. I'm trying to think. I
1: haven't had the opportunity to hunt over many, but my buddy's GSP is a pretty cool dog. His name's Ryan. The dog's name's daily. And she's just, she's not, doesn't have the goo- goofy personality that some of the German breeds do or the ones <laughs> that I've been around, but, sure. um, the fuzzy German breeds anyway, but she's just a phenomenal hunter, man. She's just all business and finds birds. And she's, even though she's all business, she's super like affectionate. Like she won't, she won't make it weird, but she just wants to be near you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Um, Favorite piece of gear you added to your collection uh, this past season. It can be for dog personal hunting, whatever. Um, honestly
1: this year, what did I add? That was good. (sighs) I'm gonna say one of my favorite pieces has become. Uh, a duck Camp makes a barn burner merino layer. Oh, I've heard of this, and it's it's just it's just nice. <laughs> <laughs> I um, it, it, it it's you know it's kind of the natural point of merino is that it's pretty versatile. It doesn't yeah. stink. It dries decently. It stays warm when it's wet. Um, but the barn burner, especially because I hunt a lot of really cold stuff. Um, but I'm walking a lot and mm-hmm. you need something that keeps you warm. You can, if you sweat, you're not going to get cold in. Um, so when temperatures swing or wind swing, it, it's, it's been a lifesaver this season. So I would probably say that. Yeah. The duck camp.
0: That's awesome, man. I, I actually just picked up, uh, maybe about a month ago, my first piece of duck camp. It's the, the midweight, um, mm-hmm. like, like, uh, upland button up shirt. Um, oh that, yeah. That thing is so sweet. So I haven't, you got to use it in a season yet, but. Uh, it comes in large, tall, which I need, yeah. uh, fits me like a glove, has a little bit of stretch in it. Um, it is a yeah. sweet, sweet well, shirt. That's probably my second favorite from the season
1: is that it, it's such a great shirt for it a lightweight, it, I know oh, it's midweight, yeah. but for, it's, it's physically lightweight, yeah. um, because of the material, but that stretch and it's got the right amount of orange. So you're adding some orange to yourself. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. They they yes. make some, and I think it's almost, I think people see their marketing and I love their marketing, but I think it, their marketing is really relaxed and inviting.
0: Yeah. And I is. think that
1: makes people think that the gear was designed with a relaxed mindset, but their technical gear is is top notch it's, like it's it's not yeah. slouchy it's, it's legit. my
0: it's by far my favorite uh, uh yeah I probably say my favorite piece of clo- uh, upland clothing i've i've tried out so well done Duck yeah. camp yeah exactly um, <laughs> uh beverage of choice after a hunt oh i'm a big bourbon guy um,
1: okay. so usually well i it, it's usually when i 'm wherever i'm going to be for the night after an upland hunt, not many on the <laughs> of these on the tailgate, but it's yep. usually. Some sort of bourbon, and I have a lot of it. Like I have like probably, <laughs> I have, I think I have like thirty six different bottles of bourbon. Ooh, nice. Um, and probably my favorite among that lately is Stag Junior. So I'd say that's my that'll be my especially like a windy cold day. You come in, it's at it's like one hundred and thirty proof. So it's. It, it lights you up a little bit, warms you yeah. right back up.
0: So yeah. Yeah, for sure. I've only had like I think two or three different different kinds or brands of bourbon. Um got the Costco one. I forget yeah. the name of that one. That one's it's good, good value. Yeah. And uh Pendleton, It's like a Canadian yeah, Canadian whiskey. Yeah, yep. yeah, I've enjoyed that. So uh you're typically a beer guy, but I uh, do enjoy a good old fashioned yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Um, last one. Do you have any out of state trips planned this coming season or, or any cool hunts uh you're trying to put on the calendar?
1: Yeah, so I have some some goals in general for hunting, but as far as upland one I'm really excited about is Tri-Upland is hosting a hunt in Iowa and we're going to be able to take 20 people out for their first upland hunt. So Nice. Um, more to come on that. We're hope I hope to have that announced around into ju- June. Um but that's probably the one I'm looking forward to most just because it's going to be a friggin' good time, you know, yeah, get that, that many people awesome. together and it'll be open to the public too. So we'll have some vendor booths and some events that are not just the hunting part, but where people can kind of come hang out and camp and cool stuff like that. So that's probably what I'm looking forward to most is is that event. So. That's awesome, um, man.
0: So yeah. In, in case anyone's wondering out there, so, so two things, tell, tell everyone where they can learn more about yeah. TriUpland. And then also, is there a cost associated with TriUpland? Do do, the, do you need to pay a membership no. fee, anything like that?
1: No, it's all free. Um, TriUpland.org. Yeah. Um, that'll get you some basic information. And um, if you just want to go straight to the application, it's just community.triupland.org, but you can easily just go to triupland.org and you can get everything you need to know there there is no cost associated with it for mentors or mentees. Um, and it will always be that way. Um, cause again, we're trying to reduce barrier to entry. If you want to do certain things within it, eventually we might have some fees involved for certain aspects. Um, just because certain aspects cost more to produce or inherit some risk along the way. Cause we're talking firearms and sure, stuff like sure. that. So, um, there might be some fee-based things in the future, but right now and for the foreseeable future, it's all 100% free. Um, so yeah, tryupland.org, and then of course on social media, we're most active on Instagram, and it's just at tryupland. Um, But we're also under that same name at tryupland on Twitter and Facebook as well.
0: Okay, very cool. Well, Will, great work. Um, really, really excited what you guys have put together here. And again, I think it is a a great entry uh, for a lot of people who are out there, kind of wanting to scratch that itch and, and get into the uplands. Um, yeah, I'm I'm biased. You're biased, probably. I think it's <laughs> yeah. the best uh, activity there is out there. Uh, so many aspects that make it really fun. So uh, well yeah. done. Uh, next time you talk to Matt, um, him and I are trying to set up a time to get him on the podcast. So, uh, Oh yeah. He's got a lot, a lot going on. So just, yeah, uh, he's,
1: he's got a lot going on right now. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll bug him. I was just talking to oh, him yeah. yesterday. I'll yeah, bug yeah. him and tell him to hop on here too. Oh yeah. He's yeah. a lot more experienced upland hunter and a lot more. Yeah. like, I, I not to take, say the Midwest isn't cool or fun, but it is, I absolutely love Prairie. Like I've fallen in love with it. I didn't realize how interesting it was yeah, and how diverse it is. It's really special, but hunting in the eastern Sierras is a lot cooler. <laughs> you know, or like you know, he's in Reno, so all the mountains oh, yeah. and and chasing chucker and quail and all kinds of stuff oh, yeah. just seems super the, like the Him- the uh, exotic snowcock. and cool. Oh
0: yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. done some really cool stuff. So yeah, he he'll be a lot more fun than me. <laughs> no, man.
1: No, I'm looking <laughs> forward to it. He,
0: he reached out to me right back and he's like, yeah, I'd love to just give me, a, give me a month or so getting, uh, getting some, just a busy season. So yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, that's awesome, man. Well, will thank you again for your time. Uh, I really, really enjoyed this conversation and, and getting to know and just dive into more of, of Tri Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having I, me. I appreciate it, man. You Take care. Thanks. Bye. Well, that is a wrap of episode eight with Will Jenkins of Tri-Upland. Uh, Will, thank you for your time. I, I am very, very excited to see where Tri-Upland goes, where you guys take it. Um, as you know, this podcast, The Upland Rookie, um, we really want to inspire people to get out into the Uplands. And so your mission and your vision with what you're working on really aligns with this podcast. And so just know you have a huge supporter uh, here in the Colorado area cheering you guys on and excited to see where you take it Well, I'm sure everyone is dying to know how you enter uh, to get bonus entries into the Upland Rookie Podcast giveaway with Dakota 283. Well, listen up, and I am going to put all this in the show notes description, um, and I'll be talking about it for the next several weeks um, until this um, giveaway closes. But here are a couple ways and how many bonus entries each of these are worth. So leave a personal, personal written review on Apple Podcasts, um, please. The, the, Apple's algorithms really are dependent on written reviews uh, and and the ratings. So head over there, leave a uh, written review, and please do not, please do not for, for me. Don't just write, "I want a kennel. Give me a kennel. Enter me." Things like that just please be personal write an actual review if you don't think it's great then don't leave me a great review i don't i don't care what you write be authentic be real um maybe there's content you want to uh, mention maybe there's something you like about the podcast maybe there's something you don't love whatever it might be just be authentic be yourself leave me a written review on apple Podcasts. that is going to get you two extra entries into this give- giveaway Second way, you can earn bonus entries. This is worth five extra entries. Post a short video to your Instagram account sharing how and why you got started in upland hunting. It, please, get creative with this. It can be a two up to a two minute video. Whatever Instagram will allow you to post lengthwise, I really don't care how long it is. It has to be longer than 30 seconds, that's the rule longer than 30 seconds, and you must tag the Upland Rookie podcast in your post and use the hashtag the Upland Rookie podcast. So make sure to tag and use the hashtag, post a video, share your own unique story in a creative short way, um, and how you got started upland hunting. Again, that's going to be worth five extra entries into the giveaway. So your name will go into the hat an extra five times. So last way you can earn bonus entries is email me a written story or an essay on the same thing as the video, how you got started and why you got started Upland Hunting. Again, be creative, it can be long, it can be a long um, uh, PDF or a Word document. Write a personal story, a personal testimony of like, what got you in to upland hunting was it the people was it a good experience a bad experience your family your friends uh, a co-worker who got you into upland hunting and how did you do it um was it the dogs that drew you in was it the the love of the outdoors um craft your own story write um, spend some time on this and don't rush it. You, you don't have to do this in the next week or so. Um, this contest is going to be open till the end of July. July 30th is when this will close. So take your time, craft your own story, and email it to me at uplandbrits, B-R-I-T-T-S, at gmail.com. And subject line, just put um, podcast giveaway in the subject and attach or write your personal story of how you got started upland hunting. Um, I'll pick a couple of my favorites. And over the next couple months, I will read these on the air with your permission. Um, I can leave names out if you want or not. It's it's up to you. We can communicate on that later. Um, I don't think I mentioned that is going to be worth another five bonus points. Uh, Get your name into the drawing an extra five times. So just to recap bonus entries leave a written review on apple Podcasts, a personal review uh, that's going to get you two extra entries the second way post a short video has to be over 30 seconds long um, sharing your story briefly on how you got started upland hunting i will reshare those on my social media the third and final way to get bonus entries is write your story uh, of how and why you got started upland hunting what got you into the love of bird dogs and just email that to me um subject line podcast giveaway Um, i will read some of those on the air that again is going to be five extra entries so here's the thing you could do all three of those those bonus entry options and total your name would be in the hat 13 times for this dakota 283 giveaway and just to remind you this giveaway is a g3 medium kennel color of your choice Uh, They have some really, really sick colors. Um, These kennels also are gonna have their Dakota Guard integrated right into the kennel. Look it up on their website, just type in Dakota Guard. Um, It is an antimicrobial uh, formula that they put in the kennel that helps um, with with germs and disease, things that live on that hard surface. Um, So some really cool uh, formula and technology that Dakota is using. Um, the second thing you will win is a dash or a dine and dash system. Yes. Uh, this is the watering or the food and water combo system from Dakota. Um, I use this literally every day. Um, the dash 3.5 lives on the side of my house. That is my dog's daily watering system. I I fill it up maybe once a week, um, refill it for my dogs. It's just an incredible beefy water system for your dogs. I bring it on trips. It doesn't spill. It's awesome. And it'll also have the Dakota Guard integrated right into that material. Um, so that's the giveaway, guys. That is the ways to get bonus entries. I hope you take part in this. Don't be shy. Um, again, I really want to have some fun with this and hear and engage with my listeners a little bit more. Um, I could just do the standard Instagram giveaway part, um, which is fine. And those that that um, followed the rules on that post, um, you shared it, you liked it, you tagged some friends, you're entered you are entered in the giveaway already. Um, your name is in the hat one time. That's awesome. If that's all you want to do, no problem, no harm, no foul. But um, I I personally want to engage with my listeners more. And I thought these extra ways to win this giveaway could be really fun uh, for me to get to know you a little more, get to know your story, how you got upland hunting and what keeps you and got you inspired out in the the uplands so guys thank you so much Um, again this contest will run up until july 30th 2021 Um, so you have some time to get these bonus entries in Um, oh with the apple podcast reviews you must take a screenshot um, of your written review and just email it to me or message it to me on instagram um, so email uplandbrits at gmail.com at the Upland Rookie Podcast for Instagram. So screenshot your review, then you will be entered and get those two extra bonus entries for option number one of leaving a personal written review on Apple Podcasts. Well, guys, that's all I got for today. Good luck to everyone out there entering the giveaway. This value is well over $500 and it's $520 some dollars Uh, in value that one lucky winner will walk away with again thank you to dakota 283 and until next week remember put some miles on your boots and follow your favorite bird dog out into the field and like i said in the beginning do something this week make a plan with you and your dog to help get them ready for hunting season take care